Welcome to the Celebration Church Podcast. We are so glad you've joined us, and we hope you are encouraged by today's message. All right, how's everybody doing today? You guys doing good? Great to see you. Great to see everyone. Come on, let's welcome in Orange Park and Julington Creek and everybody joining us online today. We are so glad that you're with us as we are entering in week two of our 21 days of prayer and fasting. And so, how's everybody doing on their fast? For those of you that are participating, listen. So, so let me give you kind of the outline of how we do these 21 days. The, the goal last week was for those of you who are participating, whether you're doing every day or one day a week, whatever, however God has led you to fast over these 21 days. The goal last week was just to begin to fast. And that's why we have very little church activity during uh, the week. We don't have any extra prayer meetings or anything like that because your first week is your most difficult week because your body's learning to adjust. And so uh, this week, what we're doing is, as we go into week two, this is where we add prayer. So that's what you saw here at all of our locations at 7.30. Uh, we're gonna have prayer every single morning. Man, when we do a prayer week, it is just such an amazing time with God. So it's from 7.30 to 8.30. But if you can come for any of that time, any of the days, some of you, maybe there's just one or two days a week you could come and you can only come from uh, 7.30 to 8 because you have to get to work or you can only come from 8 to 8.30 uh, because you have to drop the kids off at school. That's, that's fine. We just want you to participate in some way, shape, or form because we are gonna begin to bombard heaven and we wanna enter 2016 right. And the way that we do that is by putting God first and seeking him in prayer. So that's gonna be this week, uh, we're adding prayer. And then another thing that I want you to ask yourselves for this year is kinda spiritually speaking, what is your next step? What is your next step? Some of you, um, you've just started coming to church and you're seeking a relationship with God and your next step is to uh, really surrender your life to Jesus and, and to be water baptized. For some of you, your next step is to begin you know, a, a daily time of Bible reading and prayer with God. We're gonna talk about that a little bit today. Some of you, your next step is serving. Some of you, your next step is getting involved in a group or, or going on a mission trip. Some of you, your next step is being a group leader. That's what Megan was talking about. It's so, so important what we're doing with our groups this year. It's a, it's a main mechanism by where we help to, to pastor and disciple our church. So just in this season of 21 days of prayer and fasting, ask God, say, Lord, what's my next step? What's my next spiritual step this year? Maybe you, you, your next step is to forgive someone. You've been harboring unforgiveness for a long time. And so just ask God what your next step is. And then if you think that maybe your, one of your next steps might be leading or hosting one of our small groups to make sure and get to the loft or at your campus, that area where that meeting's gonna be immediately following service. All right, one more thing. Hey, we wanna give you an update on our Heart for the House offering. So listen to this. This is in December. This is not tithe. This is not any other offering, just our Heart for the House offering. We had uh, 800, almost $850,000 come in uh, for our Heart for the House offering. So yeah, man, that's awesome. And for the year, because so many of you gave monthly, we hit right at about $2 million. That's above our tithe uh, for the year. So let's give God a hand for that. It's our biggest year ever. Um, 
And so, so, so that was, was amazing. However, it was a little bit short of what we were believing for or where our goal was that was gonna enable us to do all of those projects that you saw in that brochure. And so we're gonna have to reprioritize some of those things. Some of those things we're gonna have to move back and, 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 and focus on the ones that we can do unless, everybody say unless, unless our, our heart for the house monthly giving is really good this year. And that leads me to my next thing you'll see. In the seat in front of you, we have what we call our, the card for our faith estimates. Everybody say faith estimates. We don't like calling it a pledge card, but it's something that we ask for you to pray about uh, because many of you, 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 you can't or it's just not best for you uh, to, to, to give in a one-time offering. Many people really like that, that monthly over and above giving uh, over and above their tithe. And uh, it was the major portion of our Heart for the House giving last year. And so we've already have a, had a number of, number of people turn in those uh, pledge cards, but we haven't been focusing on them. So we just wanna give you a chance. You'll see on the screen somewhere, did we have those three ways you can do it? There's, there's a pledge card. There's, you can go online, or the easiest way, man, is just to text. Text in your amount. We call it a faith estimate. It's not a contract. It's just something that, man, you're gonna really uh, uh, try to do and believe God to do and giving over and above your tithe, and it'll really, really uh, help us do what God's called us to do for this next year. So I'm just gonna ask you uh, to pray about that. And just the way Carrie and I do our, all of our giving now is we do it reoccurring online. Man, I'm like you, especially, not, not my tithe. We've always done our tithe just reoccurring where we don't even think about it. So I know that I'm always in God's blessing for, for our finances. But I used to give my over and above monthly giving by check and, or, or, you know, uh, transfer it or whatever. And I found that it's easy for things to come up and, and get me distracted or whatever. So now our over and above giving, and that's biblical, that reoccurring giving. Paul told the church in Corinth, said, hey, look, I'm gonna come eventually and take up this offering for the church in Jerusalem. He's not talking about their tithe. He's talking about a special heart for the house offering for a ministry project. He said, look, pray about it. Don't do it under compulsion. Don't get too emotional about it. Pray what God puts you on your heart. And then every week lay something aside. And so that when I come, it'll be there. That's biblical reoccurring giving. The most spiritual giving you can do is not when you sit there and you're in this emotional state and we, you know, we show you a starving kid from Africa, you know what I'm saying? Or you know, I show uh, one of the communities in Jacksonville you know, and, and superimpose flames going up over the screen, you know, all the lost people. The most spiritual giving that you can do is pray at the beginning of the year and just put it into motion in a reoccurring giving mechanism like online and just know that you're obeying God and you have his blessing for the rest of the year. Come on, can you give God a hand for that? So, so all I wanted to say for that and those, those estimate cards are in the seat in front of you and you saw the other ways. All right, are y'all ready to get into the word for today? So here's what I want you to do. I want you to go to Psalm 100, Psalm 100. We're gonna look at kind of two sister chapters, so to speak. And we're gonna, I'm gonna go to Matthew 6, Matthew 6, and I'm gonna read a little bit out of that. And then we're gonna go straight to Psalm 100 because these are really kind of sister chapters about prayer. One deals with so, kind of the, the, the what 
and the why to pray. The other one kind of deals with the how or the right type of attitude to have in prayer. And so I'm gonna go, you go to Psalm 100. I'm gonna go to Matthew chapter six and uh, begin reading in verse five. Let me pray. Father, we thank you for your word, Lord, for these next 25 or 30 minutes, God. Lord, when you, your disciples uh, asked you a question about the power in your ministry, Lord, they didn't say, teach us how to do miracles, teach us how to heal, teach us how to preach. Lord, they said, teach us how to pray. Prayer is the key to your power. And I just thank you that you're gonna help us learn how to pray. Teach us how to pray today, Lord. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. All right, Matthew 6, 5. You stay at Psalm 100. Let's go over this real quick, okay? Jesus says, when you pray. Everybody say, when you pray. Not if you pray, but when you pray. What are the three keys to power, the three things that get, get God's attention that we have to have in, 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 in 2016? Jesus said, when you fast, when you pray, and when you give. He's talking about when you pray. Come on, fist bump somebody near you and say when you pray. When you pray. Some of y'all still don't like the fist bump. You don't like it. You don't like it. You just, you're just not gonna do it. That's all. Listen, I'm trying. I'm trying to loosen you up. Unless you, and unless you are a way germaphobe on the extreme end, a fist bump is about the safest thing you can do. I mean, it's more germ-free than a handshake. You know what I'm saying? It's just a barely touch. Okay, so, not if you pray, but when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets that they may be seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But you, when you pray, go into your room, and when you have shut your door, pray to your Father who is in the secret place. Remember last week, we looked at that word secret place. It means upper room. Listen, if you want an upper room experience with God, prayer is a key. Fasting is a key. God awaits you in the secret place. And it says, your father is in the secret place and your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. God wants to reward you in 2016. He wants to bless you in 2016. What is the key? Or one of these three keys? Prayer. Keep going, verse seven. It says, and when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Therefore, do not be like them, for your Father knows the things you have need of before you ask him. In this manner, therefore, pray. So watch this. Here's what Jesus is saying. And, and he's about to go into to the Our Father prayer. And it's amazing how even though in the same context of Scripture, Jesus says, hey, don't just repeat things. That's not what prayer's about, just repeating words. But isn't it amazing how many people, when they pray the Our Father, that's exactly what they do. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Now listen, if you've been doing that, that's okay. That's, that's okay. Look, I, any communication with God is great. However, God wants to get you to a deeper place in your prayer life so you can experience his power. So he says, in this manner, in other words, in this, in this outline, in this way, he's, he's given us an outline here of how to pray. He says, look, our Father, Lord in heaven, hallowed be thy name. So there's praise to God. Then you pray God's will for your life. Lord, let your kingdom come. Your will be done. Did I skip one? Go back. Hey, 
I'm telling you right, if there's any media people and you've given up coffee for the fast, you need to get back on it, all right? You need to get back on your coffee. Bean juices of God. And I'll say this, look, if you're fasting, only get, and you've been, you're a coffee drinker, please only give up coffee totally if you really feel led to do it because the worst thing you can do is just be grumpy and angry and have caffeine headaches the whole 21 days. It's not my fault you're addicted to drugs, all right? And I'm addicted too, so let's just allow coffee on the fast and we're all cool with it, all right? So, look, on your way, just keep going. Okay, look, give us, now look, it gives our daily bread, so pray for your needs, pray for the needs of the church, the people around you. Then it talks about forgiveness, having an attitude of forgiveness. And then it talks about lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Always pray for my family and for our church. Lord, silence the voice of the enemy. Let us hear your voice loud and clear and deliver us uh, from evil. And then it kind of ends, you're on a higher level of praise than when you came in. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. So so this is kind of the, the what and why and, and how here of prayer. So, so watch, this is, prayer is so important. Why? Because prayer is communication with God. If you want a simple definition of prayer, it's communication with God. We talk to God. When you think about praise and worship, you know what worship is? Worship is prayer put to music. When we're praising God and declaring, once again, we're communicating with God. And this is the thing about prayer, okay? And this is what Jesus means out of Matthew 6. Listen, you have a relationship with God. So in any relationship, for any relationship to be healthy, what? There has to be what? Communication. You can't know someone that you don't talk to. You can't know someone that you don't listen to. And so that's why in our church, man, we have the SOAP mechanism. We teach you how to read a chapter a day and, and whatever scripture pops out with you, scripture, uh, SOAP, uh, oh, observation, you observe that. You, God, are you speaking to me? You meditate on that. You apply it to your life. It's so important that you understand prayers, communication with God, and it's just like in a marriage. Listen, in a marriage, if you don't have healthy communication, you're not gonna have a healthy marriage. Come on, guys, and sometimes we have to learn, guys can especially relate to this, guys, we have to learn how to communicate with our wives, am I right? Because what they say, psychologists say, women speak about an average of 25,000 words a day. Men speak an average of like eight to 10,000 words a day. What they find out with men is they use up all their words by about two o'clock and then that part of their brain goes dark. They go into their nothing space. That's why, isn't it funny? How do you ever, have you ever gone to like, you know, you're hanging out with a group of friends and the girls are hanging out in one room and the guys are hanging out in the other room? And you go in where the girls are and they're like, hey, I'm this and this and that. You're just like, oh. And then you go with the guys and the guys are just sitting there. <laughs> sitting around. Come on, guys, let's go. We don't need words to communicate. We know we good. But I mean, when Carrie and I first got married, I had to learn how to communicate with her, how to interpret certain actions, inter interpret certain things. I mean, when we first got married, 
uh, I noticed I began going around the house. I noticed that she was taking some of the garbage bags out of the garbage cans and she would tie them on like doorpost, like, like door handles or closet handles. And so at first I thought, oh, this is kind of cool. This must be kind of a new and efficient way of throwing things away. You know, I don't have to like open the cabinet where the guard, she's just gonna put the bag right outside the, the door there. I just, so I saw them there. I just started stuffing more trash in them wherever they. <laughs> that was the wrong interpretation of that action. What I had to learn. So finally, when we began to communicate I realized that no, she was hanging those garbage bags on the doorknobs because she wanted me to take them out to the trash, not just stuff more garbage in them. Because come on guys, isn't it true? Our wives, our wives have no idea what a real full garbage bag is. Am I right? They're like, this garbage bag's full, man. I said, chunk, chunk. I got that, so I got two thirds room left before that thing. But watch, so it took Carrie and I watched. <laughs> She's still laughing. I still do it. You have to forgive me. You're a Christian and my wife. So listen, so <laughs> don't worry, I'll vacuum or fake vacuum when we get home. You had to be here last week to understand that inside joke there. Okay, where was I talking about? Okay, so look. It wasn't until carrying out what we communicated, I learned how to communicate with her. When I would communicate with her, I learned how to interpret things and our relationship got closer. Many of you, you're not able to interpret God's will for your life. Many of you, you're not able to, 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 to hear God clearly and interpret what he wants to do in your life. And it's because there's not healthy communication between you and God. God wants to talk to you. He's waiting for you. But it's up to you to make the conscious decision. You know, in 2016, Man, I'm gonna have healthy communication between me and my heavenly father so that I can understand his will and his purposes for my life so that I can know him. It's a relationship. So that's why kind of the sister chapter to Matthew 6 here about prayer is so important. And that's found in Psalm, Psalm 100 verses one through five. Let's read verse one real quick. It says, look, make a joyful shout to the Lord. All you lands, so let me take a look at it in King James Version. Verse one, look. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands or all ye peoples. Look, make a joyful noise. You see, God likes noise. Why is this church so loud? And why is the music so loud? I'll tell you why. Because God is not afraid of our noise. And in fact, God wants us to make some noise. Come on, hadn't y'all been in a football game or a basketball game? And what do they say? Come on, let's make some noise. Nah, 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 nah. 
And if I saw you there, you'd be like this. Nah, nah, nah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Go team, go. Huh. Yeah, no. Nah. Huh. It's amazing what we're passionate about, we're also emotional about. It's amazing how many things we're willing to make noise for. God's saying, hey, look, I want some noise too. If I'm first in your life, I need some noise. Come on, let's make some noise. Well, Stovall, that's just emotional. Well, of course it is. God created us with emotions. We're made in his image. That's why, look, it doesn't say, when you feel led, when you feel led, release a joyful noise. To, no, what does it say? Make. Get out of your negative-minded self. Get, down, get out of your circumstances. When you come into my presence, you make yourself make a joyful noise to me. Give me some noise because God is the solution that you're looking for in your problems. That's what some of us sound like when we sing too, huh? Is just a noise, <laughs> but it's a joyful one. Listen, don't worry about how, if you don't sing good, that's why, that's another reason. That's why the loud music, it helps. It protects others and the people around you from your voice. I sing loud. I have a bad voice. I don't care. I'm singing loud. Who you are. It's who you are. It's who you are, you're a good, good father. It's who you are. I'll sing it. See, I'm, I'm, I'm embarrassing myself to help. Some of you are like, well, I can sing better than that. Look, here, let me show you what God's doing. Watch this. Look, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Make a joyful shout unto the Lord. See, praise, this is all I want to say. One more thing. We're talking about praise, prayer, worship. It's all communication with God. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed holy is your name. It's a, God wants you, he needs you to get out of yourself and say it with your mouth, okay? Look, serve the Lord with gladness. Look at this. Come, so it says make, serve, come, come before his presence with singing. You know what God's saying right here? No, Go back, drink your coffee, go back. <laughs> Look, God's saying, this is the key to prayer, effective prayer. When you come before me to communicate with me in prayer, praise, and worship, I need you to get your mouth right. I need you to get your mouth right. Your mind might not be there yet because you've all got all kind of worry and problems, but what you can do you can make your mouth begin to praise me and say things. God's saying, look, when you come before me, get your mouth right. Get your mouth right. Okay, watch this. And that leads to verse three. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who has made us. What do you say? And, and, and this, this is how I want you to pray. Our father, the Lord, he is God. He who's made us. 
and, and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. God's saying, first thing when you come before me, I want you to get your mouth right. Now I want you to get your mind right. I want you to remember that regardless of your sin and your mistakes and your mess or anything like that, I want you to remember first and foremost that I love you and that I'm your father and that you are my child. And when you come before me, I want you to have the right mentality about who I am. That's how, that song, we didn't plan that song today. What? You're a good, good father is who you are. It's who you are. It's who you are. You're a good, good. And then it's what? And I'm loved by you. It's who I am. Pastor sings badly when he's fasting, but I'm just, I'm helping some people in here today. Come on, fist bump somebody and say, he's helping you out. He's helping you out. He's helping you out. Everybody say, get my mouth right. Then get my mind right. And now watch, here's, here's where it all comes together. Verse four, enter. So we've got our mouth right. We've got our mind right. Guess what? We're gonna enter in. See, this year, 2016, it's all about how you enter 2016. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him, bless his name for the Lord is good and his mercy is everlasting and his truth endures to all generations. Look, enter, this is prayer, this is praise, this is worship, this is communication with God. I'm about to communicate with God. Okay, I got my, my, my mouth right, I've got my mind right, I'm coming in right now, look. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. You know, too many times in my life, I have not entered a situation correctly. Too many times in my life, I have not entered a season correctly. Too many times in my life, I've not entered a problem or a challenge or even when, when, when pain or something or disappointment, I have not entered that correctly. You see, here's the thing. When we're talking about God's power in our lives, it's all about how we enter. How we enter a relationship. How we enter an environment where we're about to receive the word of God. How we enter into engaging a problem. How we enter into engaging pain. See, if we'll enter correctly, here's what I, I like to say. Look, do you want Jesus to be in the center of your life in 2016? Do you want him to be in the center of your challenges, the center of your relationships, the center of your finances? Who wants Jesus in the center in 2016? Well, here's what I say. Jesus becomes the center when we learn how to enter. Jesus becomes the center when we learn how to enter. 
When we have a problem, do we enter the engagement of that problem? Do we enter it with angst and worry? Or are we gonna enter it with thanksgiving and praise? When we are mistreated, when something happens to us that is not fair, when life dishes us one of those bad hands, when disappointment comes our way, that circumstance, are we gonna enter it in unbelief, in complaining, in self-pity? Or are we gonna enter it with thanksgiving and with praise? You see, when you enter it with thanksgiving and praise, the Lord inhabits the praises of his people. God wants to inhabit your problem. He wants to inhabit your mess. He wants to inhabit your marriage. He wants to inhabit your pain. He wants to inhabit every single thing in your life. Will you let Jesus be the center? Jesus will be the center when we learn how to enter. How did, how did we enter God's house today? How do we enter? Well, you'd say, well, Stobar, I have entered. I know that you physically walked in the building at whatever location you're at. But I wanna know, how did you enter in your heart? Did you enter, like, this church so crowded, had to park out in the mud, music's too loud. What are we doing? We're entering the wrong way. The Bible doesn't give, it, it, the Bible doesn't say give thanks for everything. It says give thanks in everything. Give thanks in everything. Here's what I'm trying to say. I'm saying if Jesus, it, listen, listen. You, you get one solution to your problem, guess what? There's another one around the corner. Guess what? If it didn't rain today and you parked out in the mud, well, then maybe it was so hot and you got bit by a swamp rat on the way in. I, I, don't, I don't know. Listen, until Jesus comes back or we die and go to heaven, life, it's full of problems. It's full of challenges. It's full of things. But as the body of Christ, what we've not learned, we've not learned how to enter in. How do we enter into 2016? How do we enter into God's house? How do we enter into our marriage challenges? How do we enter into our problems? How do we enter into our pain? I'm telling you that if you will enter in with thanksgiving and praise to God, God, I know that you're on the throne. Lord, I trust you in this situation. God, I thank you that I'm your child. Lord, I thank you that I belong to you. God, I thank you that I'm going to hear from you. God, I thank you that you're going to do a miracle in my life. Lord, I thank you. 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 Can somebody stand up and thank God in this house? Come on. Give him some thanks. Give him some, oh, stay standing. Come on, give him a shout. Give him a, make some noise. Stay standing, stay standing, stay standing, stay standing. We're, uh, let me call the worship team up. Because guess what, we're about to enter in. Listen, 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 listen. It's all about how you enter. It's all about how you enter. If you can just enter correctly, 
then Jesus will become the sinner. Remember in Hebrews 3.19? God wanted the Israelites to enter his rest. In 3.19, he says, because of their unbelief, they could not enter my rest. Because of their unbelief, they, they, didn't, they didn't know how to enter. What does the Bible say? In everything, with prayer and what? Thanksgiving, present your request to God and the peace of God, here comes Jesus at the center, and the peace of God that transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. What does it say? Enter his gates with thanksgiving. What does a gate do? A gate guards you. It will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. When we go into his courts, what do courts speak of? Courts speak of design. Courts speak of purpose. Courts speak of knowing someone, knowing something on a personal level. God wants you to know him in 2016 like you have never known him before. And what will happen, listen, what will happen in your life? There's gonna be giants. There's gonna be trials. There's gonna be challenges. There's gonna be things come your way. And every single time, if you enter that situation correctly, when you enter correctly, Jesus will become the center and God will begin to move in your life in a powerful, powerful way. Come on, do you believe that? Do you believe that? Come on, let's enter in. I wanna enter in. Thank you for tuning in to today's podcast. For more information about Celebration Church or to get in touch with us, please visit celebration.org.